Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana, and normally I'm joined by my lovely co-host, the Sherpa, but he's actually on a buy this week. Uh, we can't confirm or deny if it's just because he didn't want to actually pick a winner between his beloved Giants and his pick of the season, the Minnesota Vikings, but. He is actually traveling right now with his family, so you've got me for the full hour tonight. We're going to take a look at all of the good stuff coming up in Week 16 of the NFL season, previewing all the games, talking injuries, as always, unfortunately, uh, giving you some good advice and hopefully some winners for your daily and season-long fantasy teams. I know some of you guys are in playoffs right now. It is prime time for fantasy knowledge, and I'm going to be dropping it on you. And then, of course, I've got some gifts because it is, in fact, the holiday season. So we've got a gift for every NFL team coming up later in the show. Uh, it's Some of you just need hugs. Some of you need new players. Some people, you know, need a lot of help. But I'm here to fix that and bring some joy to your holiday season, even in spite of the fact that my Cowboys are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Things are not that great in Jerry's world, but... You know, still here, powering through. Uh, But like I said, just me for this hour. Sherpa will be back with us next week as we go into the final week of the NFL season. So we're going to have a lot of good stuff for you there, too. But before we do the games, let's just get these injuries out of the way. Uh, As always, throughout the show, if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, go all over social media. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, JKIM16 or Fantasy underscore Sherpa, and of course, all week long at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Again, kind of a tough week injury wise. Uh, The plantar fascia has risen its ugly head or foot again this week and claimed another quarterback. We'll get there in a second. Uh, So we're going to have to do some tweaking to your fantasy lineups, but that's what I'm here for. So, first off, Eddie Lacy, I think I talk about him every week. He was limited at practice today with a rib injury. This one's new. It used to be an ankle. Now it's a rib. Keep an eye on him. Uh, it's, it's very feast or famine. It's high risk, high reward on the week. She guessed right with him. But for what it's worth, uh, you may need him in your lineup this week. So keep an eye on what his status is come Friday. That's going to be a way better indicator. But for now, it's a little up in the air. Uh, Again, so is his production, but (laughs) we can't predict that. Colts quarterback Matt Hasselbeck, on the other hand, uh, he he started last week despite having spent most of the week in a sling and not practicing. He uh, didn't make it through the entire game, but he's still going to start this week for the Colts. He's got bad ribs, a bad back, a bad chest, um, but... Believe it or not, he actually is in a better place this week than he was this time last week. He was limited to practice. He's going to start this week. Andrew Luck still not available, not playing this week. Uh, So everybody keep their fingers crossed and send some good healing thoughts to Matt Hasselbeck because we need him to survive this game if you're a Colts fan. Uh, Another Colts injury news, Dante Moncrief uh, didn't practice today. He's got a toe injury. He's currently wandering around in a walking boot. Uh, Don't let that scare you off, though. He did the same thing last week, and he played. Uh, He looked fine on the field, so there's a very good chance he's going to be out there again this week. Uh, But just, you know, tread lightly there. (laughs) 
LaShawn McCoy left last week's game uh, with a knee injury for the Bills. Reports are it's a torn MCL. He's clearly not practicing today, but uh, he plans to play again this season. At least that's what they're saying right now. They're not ruling him out for this week. It does look very questionable. I don't really know what you're gaining by having him play. It's not like you're going, uh, you know, fighting for a playoff berth here, but they didn't ask me. So uh, I wouldn't recommend using LaShawn McCoy in lineups this week. On the other side of the coin, Carlos Williams, he did actually practice today. He's he's missed the last two weeks uh, with a couple of different injuries, but he he was limited in practice. If there's no setback, he's going to see a dramatic increase in carries for sure. Um, with LaShawn McCoy likely not playing. But he could be a good sleeper pick for you this week or a a low-cost, high-value play in your daily leagues. Uh, In other running back news, Spencer Ware in Kansas City, he's got bad ribs. Uh, He was back at practice. He was active for last week's game but didn't actually get any touches. Andy Reid said he should get significantly more carries this week as well. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Adrian Peterson missed practice and part of last week's game with, uh, at the time, just an ankle injury. It's now also a shoulder injury on the injury report. Keep an eye on this. I would be surprised if he didn't play this week. They are still playing for a playoff berth, but uh, just something to consider when setting your lineups. Um, All of the Patriots wide receivers were limited today at practice. Julian Edelman, who's still trying to come back from that broken foot, He's probably the most questionable of the bunch. I don't think he plays this week. You may get a, a shot at seeing him next week, though, so he can get a little bit of that rust off going into the playoffs. Danny Amendola has a bad knee. Brandon LaFell's got a bad foot. It looks like they're both going to play. Uh, Amendola's probably a little more questionable, but LaFell will be on the field this week. Cowboys officially put Tony Romo on injured reserve because they're officially out of the playoffs. Not that they're really ever making a real run at it, but, you know, I had some hope. Kellen Moore is going to get the start at quarterback this week, more so to see what he can do and the fact that Matt Castle is wholly ineffective. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about Brandon Whedon here in a minute. But Marcus Mariota, another quarterback news, sprained his knee again, his MCL. He's done for the year, although they won't officially say that. You won't see him again this season. Zach Mettenberg is going to start this week. It also looks like he's going to get wide receiver Kendall Wright back. Looks pretty good for him to play. That should be help for him. Bill's tight end Charles Clay is battling a back injury. He's been limited at practice, but it does look good for this weekend. Uh, it, barring some kind of setback late in the week, he's got a good shot at playing and, and being pretty effective. Panthers wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. was limited. He's got a calf injury. This is new, so I would keep an eye on his status going into this week. Um, they really do need him on the field, so I think they're going to do everything in their power to get him out there, but... Tegan Jr., not a big fan of contact. I don't know how much he wants to play through an injury, so let's see what happens there. Jonathan Stewart, on the other hand, he's not practicing with that foot injury. He's very questionable. I would be surprised if he does play, and if he does, it's not going to be nearly at the same capacity that he normally is at. Uh, So you're going to be looking at Cameron Artis Payne, who kind of stepped up last week for them, and he probably is going to have a pretty big week as well. We'll get to that when we talk a little more fantasy later. Texans quarterbacks continue to drop like flies. T.J. Yates tore his ACL. He's done for the season. Brian Hoyer still in concussion protocol, uh, but he has been practicing very limitedly, not in team drills, but he's making progress. That's something. If he doesn't get cleared, though, 
by the end of the week, it's going to be Brandon Whedon starting at quarterback for the Houston Texans. He actually quarterbacked them to a win last week, which he couldn't do when he was a Cowboy. I'm not at all bitter about this. Um, (laughs) It looks like Cecil Shorts is probably going to be out this week for the Texans, though. His groin injury is acting up. Uh, He hasn't been practicing. It would take a pretty big turnaround at this point for him to uh, get on the field this week. Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson still battling that sprained MCL. He's very questionable. Uh, I would be surprised if they play him this week, realistically at all, the end of the season, but they're not playing for anything. I mean, I guess pride at this point, but they're not playing for a postseason bid. Uh, Jaguars are pretty... uh, Pretty banged up at running back. T.J. Yeldon injured his MCL. He's walking around in a knee brace. He's not practicing. It looks pretty pretty painful still. It doesn't look like he's going to go. And if he does, he certainly won't be getting the bulk of the carries this week. Denard Robinson also injured his foot. He says he's going to play. It looks like he's going to be the starter this week for Jacksonville, although he was a little underwhelming last week, but we'll get back to that. The Broncos are going to be starting my man, the Brockweiler. I just really like that nickname more so than his actual play. Uh, Again this week, Peyton Manning suffered a setback on Friday at practice. Uh, Until he he can practice consistently, he's not going to be starting at quarterback for the Broncos. So it's the Brockweiler experience continuing to roll on this week. Andy Dalton is still what the the Bengals are calling week-to-week. I think we kind of all are. Uh, but they say he's progressing well. He's not going to start this week. A.J. McCarron's still going to get the start. Uh, so that eh, might not be the best best news for Bengals fans. Take it as you will. Drew Brees left the game last week. They're calling it a foot injury. He's day-to-day. Um, no decision on whether or not he's going to start this week. He wants to play. I don't know if they're as excited about the idea as he is, um, but I think he may talk his way into playing. He, much like Peyton Manning, has torn plantar fascia. Fascia? Yeah, fascia. (laughs) Uh, So who knows if it's partially torn. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, how weird it is that you're hoping that uh, a partially torn fascia would actually tear all the way because it's actually less painful. Uh, So if you missed that scintillating conversation with the Sherpa and I, go back about three or four episodes, it's there. Uh, But Drew Brees, keep an eye on going into the week. If he doesn't play, it's going to be Matt Flynn under center for the (laughs) Saints. Um, That would make for an interesting game. Cincinnati not only is down Andy Dalton, but they're not going to have tight end Tyler Eifert again this week. Still battling a concussion. Um, He's hoping to be back next week, but that's really going to depend a lot on how the concussion tests go this week. So the other big story in the NFL is Odell Beckham Jr. His appeal, well, in case you're living under a rock, he and Panthers cornerback Josh Norman uh, really got into it several times on the field. For whatever reason, neither of them were ejected. Uh, Things really escalated. And Odell Beckham Jr. was suspended one game. Uh, His appeal was this morning, and it was upheld. So he is officially the first offensive player to be suspended for, quote, um, uh, leaving his feet. He basically lawn darted himself uh, at Josh Norman at one point. That's normally something that defensive players are getting suspended for. It's very rare, i.e., he's the first one, for an offensive player to have it happen. Uh, Josh Norman didn't get away unscathed. He's got 26 grand in fines. He owes the league, so his pocket's a little lighter this week. 
Also discussion about the fact that Panthers players may or may not have had baseball bats on the field and may or may not have been threatening Odell Beckham Jr. The whole thing is really, really strange. Um, I, I'm as excited for baseball season as the next person, particularly for how this NFL season's played out. Um, but they're not supposed to mix. I don't really know why you would need a baseball bat on the field in pregame. I also don't really understand why Odell Beckham Jr. wears the crazy cleats that he does. I mean, there were tiny gifts on his cleats last week during warm-ups, but hey, teach their own. Uh, so the Panthers apparently are no longer to bring baseball bats on the field. Not sure why that was really okay in the first place. Not really sure why it's that big of a deal unless they're going to go Tanya Harding somebody, which, depending who you ask, might have been their plan. I sincerely doubt that's really what was going to happen, but some very overzealous writers are convinced that that was definitely what was going down. Uh, maybe they just wanted to have a wiffle ball tournament. I don't know. Uh, the whole thing, pretty crazy, though. So let's move on from that. We know how much I don't love talking about the Panthers. Let's dive right into the games this week. Uh, I have my usual beef with the split between the morning, as I like to call them, or early, uh, games and late games on Sunday. Last week, I got excited. The schedule makers finally smiled upon me and and sort of evened it up a little bit. This week, we're back to status quo, and my frustration level continues to grow, as if things weren't always already bad enough. But we do have another Saturday night game. Those are always fun and very confusing for me, keeping track of the days of the week. But, hey, football's football. I like spreading it out. Let's keep doing it. Let's start with our Thursday night game in logical fashion. San Diego at Oakland. Kind of the biggest storyline of this is that um, if San Diego and Oakland are sharing a stadium next year, they won't be able to share a division, thus ending this decades-old rivalry. That's actually been pretty good, and I think this game will be fairly good this week despite the fact that San Diego has virtually no healthy players left, not named Philip Rivers and Danny Woodhead. Um, but Oakland, kind of a roller coaster season. We've seen some really, really good things and some really confusing things out of them. But overall, uh, I think they're going to bounce back from another kind of sketchy week last week. And I think they're going to be able to beat San Diego by at least a touchdown. They are playing at home. This might be the last stand of the, the infamous black hole, which really, I mean, let's be honest, isn't the same as it was a few decades ago. Still, I like the idea of the black hole in theory. I can get on board with that. Uh, but I think Oakland's going to take this pretty handily. It just it's tough for San Diego. They don't have any weapons. I mean, Philip Rivers is having a really, really good season, uh, but he just has no one to throw to. He's not getting a lot of protection. I feel like that can be said about a lot of seasons in San Diego. It's a shame that really nothing ever clicks all at the same time. Different facets of their game are really good in separate seasons or parts of the seasons. They never quite get it all together at once. So, yeah. Sorry, San Diego. Uh, but, you know, we'll try to make it up for you when I give out the Christmas gifts later on or holiday gifts uh, for everybody out there. So I think we're going to take Oakland in this one. Let's roll on to the Saturday night game. Like I said, this really screws my concept of days of the week. As it is, I have a tough enough time. Uh, but we do have an NFC matchup. This is going to have uh, some playoff implications, some division – well, realistically, it's division implications because – Nobody from the NFC least uh, particularly deserves a, a playoff berth at this point. But you know what? Someone's got to go, and there's still three teams fighting for it. So 
the Redskins at the Eagles this week. Washington, Kirk Cousins, really coming on strong, uh, despite the fact that they are pretty injury-riddled as well. They are starting to get healthy kind of at the right time here. Everyone's still a little a little banged up, but at this point in the season, who's not? The Eagles, on the other hand, got embarrassed last week. I mean, we all pretty much knew Arizona was going to win that game. It was just I don't think a lot of people expected it to be quite so decisive. <laughs> uh, I, Arizona made a statement. Philadelphia, again, a lot like Oakland, but just not quite as extreme. Uh, just a lot of of question marks. There's a lot of talent on this team. Uh, they've done some good things. They've looked really good at times, and then they've also looked a lot like Oakland, very confusing. Uh, they've looked downright bad in some games. I mean, when you are you have games where you're leading rushers or quarterback with eight rushing yards, that's not a good time. And like I always say, Sam Bradford really does just look like he saw a UFO. That's not necessarily what you want out of your quarterback. But in this case, I think Philadelphia is going to bounce back. They really need this game. Uh, they are a little healthier overall than Washington is. They're playing at home. I think Chip Kelly's a little cranky, and <laughs> rightfully so. Things did not go well for them last week. I think they're going to be able to bounce back. Uh, they really need this win to kind of quiet this DeMarco Murray rumbling that continues to grow week after week after week about the whole playing time and his uneasiness and, and things don't seem to be meshing very well. So I think Philadelphia needs this, and if they want to truly – insert themselves as a contender here, they have to win this game. Uh, Easier said than done, but there you go. Let's start with the Sunday morning games. I can call them morning games because it's just me here. Sherpa's not here to bust my chops about it. San Francisco at Detroit. Detroit, if they could just erase the first third of the season and uh, just maybe start from about six weeks in, let's say, they really could have done something with this season. They dug themselves into too much of a hole. They really lost too many games in their own division. But they've come on strong as the season has gone. Um, the offensive line not getting Matt, uh, Matt Stafford killed every week certainly helped. Once that at least decreased, things got better. Um, if Amir Abdullah could hold on to the ball, things would really, really take off here. I think Detroit's going to win this pretty handily. Uh, San, Francisco, San Francisco is still kind of a mess. They're coming to the East Coast. Um, even if Blaine Gabbert is a, quote, revelation, which is one of my favorite things from this season. I just can't get enough of that. Uh, I just don't think there's enough here. Uh, the running back situation in San Francisco is beyond suspect. Everybody's hurt. Sean Drone's now uh, questionable. He's banged up. It's just things are not looking good, and Without a run game, it's hard for Blaine Gabbert to be a revelation and to really still have those those big quarterback rating numbers. This is so hard to say with a straight face. Uh, but it's hard for, for the offense to still work the way it needs to against a not-so-bad not Detroit team. I mean, their defense is not what it was, but it's getting better as the season goes on. So I think Detroit takes this by 10 points. Let's keep rolling. Cleveland at Kansas City. Ooh, this is not really a fair fight. Uh, Cleveland at this point is kind of just fighting to not get the number one overall pick, or maybe they wanted it. To, I don't I don't really know. I don't think they know. There's no clear plan or direction to anything that's happening in Cleveland. 
Um, Joe Thomas, I'm so sorry you're wasting the prime of your career on a Browns team like this. But, I mean, feel free. Dallas would welcome you with open arms. Uh, I digress. Uh, Kansas City going to continue their pretty phenomenal win streak here. Uh, Johnny Manziel is just not going to stand a chance, even with a a very scripted, very by-the-book, and uh, they don't deviate a lot from the plan offense that Kansas City runs that Andy Reid's always favored. It works. Alex Smith doesn't have to throw for 400 yards to win a game. Their run game's coming on. Charkhandrick West is going to have a huge game here this week. Put him in your daily lineups. Put him in your fantasy lineups. You are going to need him. It's going to work. I am very excited about his prospects this week. But Kansas City, very quietly dominant. I feel like people are not talking enough about what what kind of streak they're putting together here. But if you're Kansas City, you hope that the press stays somewhere else at this point. So Kansas City takes this, I'd say, by almost two touchdowns. I just – there's not a lot going right for Cleveland right now. Johnny Manziel is not playing particularly well. Gary Barnage is about the only good thing they have going, and he's going to be double-covered all day. Tight ends don't fare well against Kansas City's defense, and that's going to be a big problem for Cleveland. So sorry, Brown fans. Maybe next week. Indy at Miami. Two teams struggling a little bit. We already talked about Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Dante Moncrief's wearing a walking boot. Things are not great in Indianapolis. Andrew Luck, his uh, kidney's still not totally healed. He's not cleared for contact just yet. Miami did not achieve anywhere near what I had hoped and dreamed for them, and many others had as well. I was not the only one. Um, But I think that this point the pressure's kind of off them. Indy needs this game. They really, truly do, but I think Miami's going to take it. This is going to be a close one. They take it by a field goal, but I think we're going to see some good things out of Ryan Tannehill and the the Miami defense. I'm just worried about Matt Hasselbeck. Not so much Matt Hasselbeck as a whole, just he's not super healthy. I'm concerned about making those downfield throws that they're going to need to to win this game. I just don't think there's enough in the tank there. Uh, Let's roll on to New England at the New York Jets. New England at this point is just trying to clinch uh, a first-round bye and win, you know, the overall seeding here. Um, I don't think we see Julian Edelman. The wide receiver is still pretty banged up, but I think New England shouldn't have a problem winning this game. I'll take them by 10. It's not going to be as much of a blowout or as higher scoring as maybe some people think. The Jets are going to put up a fight. Um, I think this is going to be – a quasi-statement game for the Jets just by the fact that they're going to hang in there. They're going to make it tough for Tom Brady, and it's not because it's the Rex Ryan run defense like in years past. This is actually a, a better team than uh, they're getting credit for. Things, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, old Socrates, is really making some things happen here. Um, and I think, you know, and maybe next year as, as the team gels a little better, things might develop for them, but it's just this is not their week. I like what you're doing overall in New York Jets, but I just don't think you have enough to beat the the Patriots, even despite all the injuries. Dallas at Buffalo, obviously a game I'm going to be watching this week. Uh, An interesting matchup. Uh, A lot of people are going Buffalo here. I am going to take the Cowboys for a couple of reasons. Uh, Buffalo banged up for sure. The run game is a little suspect right now. Obviously, it doesn't look like LaShawn McCoy is going to be a go. Carlos Williams is not 100%. Uh, I'd be a lot more worried about this if Shady were playing. 
it I think it helps the Cowboys being on the road. Being in Jerry's world is not necessarily a home field advantage. It's more of a distraction. Uh, Buffalo, not as cold as it normally is this time of year. I don't know if you guys have heard. It's a little warm. But I'm intrigued by Kellen Moore. Uh, maybe it's just I'm desperate to find somebody to play quarterback as a Cowboys fan. But I like some of what I saw last week. A uh, little lefty sidearm action every now and then is always always interesting in a football game. You don't get that every day. Uh, he did some really great things in college. I'd like to see that translate onto the field. Uh, at this point, the Cowboys aren't really playing for anything. But in true Cowboy fashion, that means they'll probably win the game because it's utterly meaningless. They needed to win last week. They couldn't do that. They'll probably win out now. It just the kind of thing that would make me crazy. I think this will be a pretty close game, though. I think Dallas wins by four points. Uh, I don't think it's particularly high scoring. I've got it a 24-20 game, but I'm I might be the only one interested. I think Tyrod Taylor's got a juicy matchup here. Uh, there's a lot of good fantasy potential out of this game, despite it not being a huge point getter. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. Uh, The game a lot of people are going to be watching, I know living in North Carolina, it's the only game that will be on in a lot of places here. The Panthers at the Falcons, I mean, you've got a a run at perfection on the line. The Falcons look, they look bad. Like, I just, there's not a lot of good things to say about them anymore. There's not a lot of silver lining or things to get excited about watching this team play. Uh, They're just, Really not good. Uh, hopefully, it's something that can be fixed in the off season through the draft. I, I'm, I'm not totally sure what the answer is for Atlanta right now. Matty Ice is more like Matty mediocre, and that is not a good recipe for success. It's a shame because they really started so well, and I, I mean, we we say this every week, but it's just amazing how a team can look so different at the beginning of the season, come the end of the season. I mean, even with them at the halfway point, it looks like this. It's just a mess. Uh, Carolina is going to continue their undefeated run. And, I mean, they have a good chance at making it all the way through the regular season. So uh, that's probably going to be the big story going into next week. Obviously, it's still a pretty big story now, but I don't think this will be a hugely tough matchup for them, despite not having Jonathan Stewart and uh, Ted Ginn being a little banged up. Cam Newton seems to find a way. I just I don't understand how he keeps managing to do it, but he does. So, Carolina, I'm picking you to win. It doesn't happen all the time, but there you go. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Now, this – I want to find a way to justify Baltimore being close in this game, keeping it interesting, but it's just so hard. I, there's no other team that has more players on IR than the Ravens do this year. And that alone is just kind of their Achilles heel. Sorry, Steve Smith, no pun intended. But, yes, they did beat the Steelers earlier this season, but that was a very different Steelers team. Uh, Big Ben just looks really good right now. This offense is really dialed in. The defense has continued to come on as the season has gone. Uh, Baltimore is probably going to lose this by two touchdowns, as much as I hate to say it. There's just so many questions, so many injuries. They're not even totally sure who they're going to start at quarterback. At this point, they're talking about maybe starting Ryan Mallett just to see what they have. It's not the worst idea I've heard. It's just, it's just tough. I just, I'm sorry, Baltimore fans. It's rough out there. Um, but I've, you know, maybe we'll get a good Christmas gift in a little while here on the show. Let's keep going to Houston at Tennessee. This is 
another battle of the backup quarterbacks is what it looks like in Houston's case. The backup, 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 backup quarterback. Uh, it's just they're going through quarterbacks at a rate almost as alarming as the Browns. Um, <laughs> despite that, both these teams are still playoff contenders. They both still have ways into the playoffs at this point. Um, neither particularly healthy right now, not even close to a picture of health. They're not in Ravens territory quite yet, but it doesn't look great. So you've got Marcus Mariota out with the knee injury. We talked about TJ Yates blew his knee out. I wouldn't bet a lot of money on Brian Hoyer getting cleared by the end of the week, but it's still an outside chance. I mean, Brandon Whedon doesn't instill a ton of confidence. We saw what he did before, but last week was a little better. So, I mean, take that as you want, Houston fans. Not having Cecil Shorts, I think, is going to be a problem. I think Tennessee, with Zach Mettenberg, is just going to have the edge just because he's got a little bit more experience. I mean, Brandon Whedon's been with the Texans for all of three weeks, four weeks. Not a ton of time to build a rapport with the team. Not like they've been uh, been you know getting him a ton of reps at this point either. They had the you know TJ Yates the offense again since they've had the revolving door there. But Tennessee's a little bit healthier and playing at home I think helps. I like that Zach Mettenberger just a little bit better here. So I'm going to take Tennessee by a field goal, and uh, they'll they'll keep their playoff hopes alive. And then let's look at our final morning game, our finding, final early game, uh, and hope that I can keep from losing my voice for the next half hour. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, the Lovey Smith revenge game, Chicago at Tampa Bay. Now I know <laughs> that doesn't, that's not like a really big headline there, the Lovey Smith revenge game. Uh, but, you know, I think that's probably the most interesting storyline of this game. Uh, neither team has a ton to play for. Chicago just – Alshon Jeffries hurt again. Uh, it's not even worth mentioning him in the injury report anymore because his name is on there every week for some different lower body ailment. Uh, I believe this week it's now a hamstring is what they're calling it. It doesn't really matter what it is. Uh, it, it's going to come down to Sunday morning at 1130, and we'll find out for sure whether or not he can play. So have a backup plan. Um, but what I think is most interesting about this game is just I, I really like watching the Tampa Bay defense right now. I'm very excited about the prospect of what they're going to look like in a couple of years when all of these rookies uh, finally get some playing time under their belt and get some maturity and experience because this is going to be a pretty filthy defense if they can keep them together. Uh, I know I sound crazy now saying that, but listen to this again in two seasons, and I think I will be proven right. I'm going to just stick with that for now. <laughs> Tampa Bay is at least – they are without uh, Vincent Jackson, it looks like, probably again this week. But they are they do have Austin Safarian Jenkins back. Doug Martin's looking good. Even Charles Sims is still hanging around. I think that they are going to be able to take this by a touchdown. Uh, Chicago just – they can't get everybody healthy all at the same time. They just never could quite get it all together this season. And Tampa Bay has a little bit more going for them. And at this point, playing at home, I'll give them the edge – and so I'm going to give it to them by a touchdown. Let's roll right into the afternoon games. Um, probably, I, there's a lot of games I like out of the afternoon. Probably the, the first two, well, there's there's three of them, realistically. But these two are going to be the ones I'm most interested in watching. Uh, first up, Jacksonville at New Orleans. 
yes, neither of these teams have anything to play for. They're not going to the playoffs. Um, but this is I, potentially the highest scoring game of the weekend. Uh, tons of fantasy value to be had here. We will get more into that in a few minutes. Um, I'm going to take Blake Bortles. Now, I, I think I would make the same pick even if Drew Brees was not injured. Obviously, the injury changes some things. He may not even play. Matt Flynn does not strike a lot of fear in my heart. He had one good game, made himself millions of dollars off it, more power to him. I don't think that he can recreate that this week if he's coming into play. Uh, Jacksonville has such a good young core of players. Uh, they're one defensive draft away from really, truly being a deep playoff contending team. Not quite there yet. They do need to rebuild that defense, sign one or two big free agents, draft well, you'll be fine. Uh, but in this particular week, it's not going to be the defense that wins them a game. New Orleans obviously is not bringing their Swiss cheese defense uh, as a, a big playmaker here. This is going to be an offensive battle. It's going to go back and forth. It's going to be 34-31 is what I'm thinking. Jacksonville will win. It's uh, just a lot of points to go around. This is a, a game where you can stack heavily from either side here. Um, really loving Julius Thomas, Ben Watson. You're going to have great tight ends coming out of this game. Uh, but like I said, I'll get to that again in a minute. I'm getting a little sidetracked. Let's keep looking at Green Bay at Arizona. This might be the must-see game of the week. If Jacksonville, New Orleans was the highest scoring, this might be the hardest fought, most competitive uh, ultimately, I think Arizona comes out on top, mostly because the Green Bay defense still worries me a, a good amount. Uh, if Jordy Nelson is playing in this game, if this defense maybe wasn't prone to giving up 500 yards in back-to-back weeks, which is terrifying on its own, I think that coupled with what we just saw Arizona do to the Eagles last week in prime time, it gives me a little pause. I think it's going to be close. I think this is a three- or four-point game. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a chance to win uh, in the fourth quarter. But it's just Carson Palmer looks so good right now. This offense is so good. David Johnson, who started the year as, like, the number five quarterback on the depth chart, is the difference maker in this offense right now. And when you've got guys like John Brown, who has been essentially missing in action fantasy-wise for the last five weeks, finally breaking out last week. They have weapons like you wouldn't believe. And unless all of the Green Bay wide receivers come out wearing hoodies, which seems to be like a magic weapon for them, I don't see how they're going to pull this one off, although they are going to give Arizona a run for their money. And it's going to really – it's going to give the Cardinals a little bit of a scare, but they're still going to come out on top, and it's they're rolling right into the playoffs. They look very good right now. Uh, and then our last afternoon slash late matchup, the Rams at the Seahawks, uh, week uh, week one of the season, we saw the Rams upset Seattle, and it kind of sent them into a little bit of a tailspin. Things are a little murky in Seattle at the running back position. Marshawn Lynch still not coming back this week. Obviously, we talked last week about them losing Thomas Rawls, uh, and it's it's kind of like musical running backs right now. But that seems to be no issue for them. Uh, it's just uh, for a team that identity has been so tied to their defense and their run game the last couple of years, more power to Russell Wilson for he, Tyler Lockett, guys like that, kind of making the passing game step up and be relevant when they had to. 
when push came to shove, I mean, it, it's kind of the next man up, but it's more the next piece of the offense up mentality. When you don't have the run game to rely on, all of a sudden their pass game very effective. I don't know if if it's been like this this whole time, why weren't you using it more? But, again, this is probably why I'm not an offensive coordinator. Uh, I think St. Louis has Todd Gurley. They have a very, very uh, unstable quarterback situation. Um, and I don't think Todd Gurley is going to be enough against the Seattle defense, which is not particularly generous to the run. Um, so we will not be seeing an upset. We're not going to be seeing a repeat of week one. Seattle's going to win this game, but it is going to be closer than some people think. They're going to do it by six points. Seattle's going to stay in this game the whole way. Todd Gurley's going to have some moments, but just the fact that they don't have enough of a pass game to hang is is going to be a problem. So Seattle, there you go, giving you the win. Uh, let's look at the Sunday night game. The Odell Beckham Jr. list New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings, a.k.a. the Sherpa Bowl, if you will. Um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot about this next week when he returns. But uh, it, this could be an interesting game. I just I don't – short of Adrian Peterson not playing or getting injured and missing significant time in this game, uh, even then it's going to be tough for the Giants to win. Losing Odell Beckham Jr. is a big deal. Even even though everybody's keyed in on him, he's going to always be double-covered. Uh, he's an elite wide receiver, and he makes the most of the opportunities he gets, and not having him is really tough. Uh, Ruben Randall is not going to be able to fill that void. Will Ty, not quite on the same level, to put it nicely. Um, I just think that even banged up, uh, the Minnesota offense is going to overpower the Giants' defense. The defense has been prone to giving up points in bunches, uh, and I don't know if Eli Manning is going to be able to overcome it because this Minnesota defense is is no slouch. Uh, they're going to definitely be able to slow down uh, Eli Manning and that offense. So I'm going to take Minnesota by 10 points. I'm going big this week. <laughs> They'll definitely be covering the spread for those of you who do that. Uh, and they're at home, which helps. Having that home crowd is always nice. So I'm sorry, Giants fans. Sorry, Sherpa, but I don't think this is your week. Uh, maybe get back on the Minnesota bandwagon. That might work out well for you. And let's look at the Monday night game. Uh, Cincinnati at Denver. I think I'd be more excited about this if Andy Dalton and Peyton Manning were playing. Um, as it is, A.J. McCarron versus Brock Osweiler, a.k.a. the Brockweiler, doesn't get me quite as excited about things. Um the Brockweiler has not been particularly impressive. He's kind of reverted into game manager status more so than, you know, a quarterback I want to rely on with two minutes to go and being down by a touchdown. He's not the guy I want with the ball in his hands right now. I just, I'm not, I'm not into it. Like, I love the nickname. I like some things that he's doing, but I'm ready for Peyton Manning to come back. Very much so. I have been for a few weeks. Adrian McCarron has a tough matchup with his Denver defense. He doesn't have Tyler Eifert. Uh, we at the 4th and Inches show are big proponents of young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, having that crutch of a good tight end uh, and having that kind of like bailout option there. But without Eifert, it's, <laughs> that, that safety net's gone. And Adrian McCarron has shown some good things. Obviously, we've seen him play in prime time on the big stage in college. little different scenario there. I just think that Denver is going to take this. They're going to take it by a touchdown. 
Um, and I think the defense is going to be the difference maker here. Brock Osweiler is going to play fine. He's going to he's going to win you the games he's supposed to win you. I don't know if I believe he's going to win you the games that you know necessarily uh, might be a stretch the way that I feel like uh, other quarterbacks could. He's kind of still hasn't totally graduated from backup quarterback status yet for me. I don't know. We'll ask the Sherpa what he thinks next week, see what he's feeling on Brock Osweiler. Maybe this game will change it for me. I don't know. I'm open to it. Um, So there we go. We've got the picks for the week. Let's look at uh, a couple of of, uh, holiday gifts for the teams this week. We've got one for every team. So we'll go through them quickly because I do still want to give you some fantasy uh, fantasy values and uh, advice there, especially with all these injuries. It's getting a little crazy out there. Uh, and I'm pretty excited. I've not lost my voice yet, so hooray for that. So in no particular order, realistically, I went through my list of matchups. But um, let's just start right at the top. Start with the Chargers playing on Thursday Night Football, which is always rough in my eyes. Um, I want to give them the gift of a healthy wide receiver core, even just more than one healthy wide receiver all at the same time. I would love to see what that offense with Philip Rivers healthy could do. Uh, for Oakland this year, I give you the gift of a bright future and years of Carr to Cooper calls. And in my head, I'm hearing that with John Madden's voice, but obviously that's not really how it's going to work. Uh, either way, I like it that way. I think that Oakland overall with Amari Cooper and Derek Carr, uh, they've got a really good thing going there if they can manage to not mess it up. That's a big if. The Washington Redskins, I, I would love to give you the gift of a new name. I'm tired of the storyline. I would also love to give you the gift of some some uh, mood stabilizers or something for Dan Snyder because he needs to tone the crazy down. I understand how insane that sounds coming from a Cowboys fan. I put up Jerry Jones crazy, but, you know, there it is. The Eagles, the gift of uh, a new quarterback, um, maybe Colin Kaepernick. I'm not opposed to that. But they need a real quarterback that's going to fit the system. If you insist on running this college-style offense, Chip Kelly, which is fine, I'm not opposed to it, you need to get a quarterback that will fit it. Trade for Marcus Mariota. I don't care. Find somebody that actually fits your system or else it's never going to work. I would also give you the gift of winning some games in December so that fans have something to talk about other than beating up Santa Claus back in the day. Although, realistically, having lived in the Philadelphia area for a long time, they're never going to stop bragging about that. Uh, For the 49ers, I would like to give you the gift of one healthy running back for more than one week at a time. I would also like to give you the gift of Colin Kaepernick's release so that you can stop selling his merchandise discounted and we can all just move on. And you should probably think about drafting another quarterback. But keep your boy, Blaine Gabbert, the revelation, on as a backup. I'm fully supportive of that. Uh, The Lions, I would like to give the gift of the ability to hold on to the football. I'm looking at you, Amir Abdullah. Maybe a a case of stick'em, just a little little can in everybody's stocking. I don't know, but they need to figure it out because they're costing themselves so many games by fumbling the football. It's a shame. Uh, Cleveland, I would like to give you the gift of a franchise quarterback. That would realistically be a gift for all of us because I think we could go one season without having to see that one crazy guy with the Browns jersey that has a list of every starting quarterback for the last decade on it. It's a long list. It's kind of sad to look at. How many times do we need to see Tim Couch's name? Not that many. No offense to you, Tim Couch. I respect what you did, but, like, come on. We need to find them a real quarterback. 
Uh, it doesn't seem to be Johnny Manziel, but I think we'll be talking about him later when we get to the Cowboys. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, I give you the gift of a continued pressure-free existence going to the playoffs. I still don't understand why we're not talking about how on fire they are, but the fact that they're doing it in an incredibly unexciting fashion I think has something to do with it, but props to you guys. Indianapolis, I would like to give the gift of one unlacerated kidney for Andrew Locke. Just put a fully formed kidney inside his body, and they would be able to make a run in this playoffs. But unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to happen. Miami, I would like to give you a team of potential stars that could outshine the various celebrity owners you have. The storyline should be on the field, not always off the field. I get that it's Miami, it's the glitz and the glamour, but there are some really good things happening on the field that I think need to be... uh, not as overshadowed. I think we're on our way there, but I want to hurry the process along. To the Patriots, I give the gift of being able to decipher all of the mumbling Bill Belichick does just for one single press conference. I would love to hear actually all of the words he's trying to say. Uh, I'm also intrigued to see what this team would look like if everyone stayed healthy for even like 10 weeks at a time. I just think it would be pretty ridiculous. Uh, The Jets, uh, I just I want to give you the gift of Socrates. Now, I know you already have Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the fact that the Jets are able to do what they're doing and get people excited about football the way that they are, uh, even with him being a polar opposite of old Broadway Joe, uh, it's, it's a good thing. I want to help you guys move on from the butt fumble, and I think right now that's the best gift anybody could give you. To the Cowboys. I give you the gift of an experimental collarbone replacement surgery uh, and a gift receipt with Johnny Manziel, who inevitably is going to end up under our tree at some point in the next year or two. I'm not excited about it. But, you know, one functional collarbone on the left side of Tony Romo's body would be great. To the Buffalo Bills, I give you the potential of a team good enough uh, for Rex Ryan to get another questionable tattoo. I can't wait for that day, and I think it's fast approaching. Within the next season or two, he's going to have a Tyrod Taylor tattoo on him. I don't know, maybe Carlos Williams? Who knows? I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, for the Panthers, I mean, can you give them anything other than a perfect season? That That's probably all they're looking for, I mean, aside from a Super Bowl, but... I don't know if they're going to actually do that. I think they have a better chance at a perfect season than a Super Bowl this year. pains me to say it, but that's the gift I'll give them this year. Uh, The Falcons, a new nickname for Matty Ice that doesn't include Matty INT or Matty Mediocre. I just blow – this team needs to get fixed. I'm not totally sure what's wrong with it. I would love to be able to figure it out, but that's a start. The Steelers, I would give you the gift of someone, quote, unquote, accidentally losing those throwback uniforms. They're painful for everybody. It can't be fun for you to wear them. Uh, Baltimore and your fan base, I want to give you a hug and a strong draft class and possibly uh, a second training staff because the first one must be incredibly overworked after this season. The Houston Texans, I want to give you the gift of a franchise quarterback. You'll hear that a few times throughout this. Uh, Is it possible to teach J.J. Watt to play quarterback? I'm not opposed to that. The Titans, uh, sturdier needs for the entire team. Marcus Mariota's had problems, Kendall Wright, most of their receivers and a couple of defenders, even Delaney Walker at tight end. Maybe just a a group deal on knee braces, uh, some hyperbaric chambers. I'm not totally sure, but they need some stability in the knees. 
For the Bears, I would like to give you the ability to play a potential all at once, not just the wide receivers being good one season, Jay Cutler another, your running backs a third season. Just get it all together, even for a couple of weeks. Let let Bears fans see what could actually happen. Uh, Tampa Bay, I want to give you the gift of two years to mature as a team. That's all you need. If you could fast forward two years into the future, this is a viable threat. This is a real, true contender provided Jameis Winston doesn't do anything stupid off the field. Uh, To Jacksonville, a deep playoff run in 2017. You still are a couple of defensive players away, but you're getting there. The Saints, I would love to give you the gift of a fast rebuild because that is the only direction this team is going in right now. Hang on to Drew Brees, I guess. Find yourself a good young backup quarterback and blow everything else up. Let's bring in a new defense. Uh, Green Bay, Can I just give them Jordy Nelson? That's what I would really like to give them because I think that's what they need. Um, Perhaps hoodies for all the wide receivers. Maybe consistency out of Eddie Lacy. Any of these would go well. Jordy Nelson is at the top of my wish list for the Packers this year. For Arizona, uh, Tyron Matthews' ligaments in his knee to be whole again because you desperately need him for your playoff run, and he's gone now, and that's terrible. Um, I also like the the kind of quasi-old man tandem of Larry Fitzgerald and, and Carson Palmer. I want them to stay healthy and take a lot of vitamin C and just calcium and be okay. Um, <laughs> for the Rams, I would like to give them a quarterback, even just a do-over of the Sam Bradford-Nick Foles deal because they really, I think, got the raw end of that. At least Sam Bradford has stayed healthy for the entire season. Nick Foles just did, Nick Foley and Dynamite did not play well in St. Louis. Uh, For Seattle, I want to give them a do-over of the Jimmy Graham deal that has done nothing but cause them problems. They gave up a very good center and some draft picks for essentially bringing in a Pro Bowl blocker. That was a horrible move. They actually got better after he got hurt, and that's terrible. You pay him millions of dollars to just not be helpful. This makes me endlessly irritated. Uh, For the Giants, I want to give you the gift of a face mask for Tom Coughlin, like one of those really nice snowboarding ones covers your whole face. He's always red, and he looks wind-burnt and unhappy. I hope that's just not how he always looks. Um, He just always looks cold and miserable. Maybe that's just what being the coach of the Giants does for you. Uh, For for the Vikings, um, my gift to you would be for all of the Sherpa Super Bowl predictions for you to come true. Uh, maybe he could just be your hype man. Put him on staff. He did some great things for you this season in building you up. Uh, a lot of people drank the Kool-Aid. Things are still, it's still possible. They could still do this, crazy as it is. I hope somewhere in his car heading north, the Sherpa is just smiling to himself about the Vikings. Uh, down the stretch here, Cincinnati, I want to give you the gift of one playoff win. Can we get this monkey off their back? It doesn't even need to be more than that, just one. One playoff win for Andy Dalton. And for the Broncos, I would give you the gift of peace between Peyton Manning and Gary Kubiak because clearly they don't like each other or see eye to eye. And I would love to give uh, the Brockweiler an actual personality versus only speaking in catchphrases. Has anyone ever heard him say anything that wasn't, like, ready to be printed on a bumper sticker or a T-shirt? Because I don't think I have. And I would love to see what kind of person he actually is. Uh, On that note, now that I've, I've given in the spirit of giving, We've got a couple of minutes left here. I want to help you win some championships and some money. So let's take a look at, um, like we talked about earlier, there are a lot of injuries, a lot of question marks. Um, So you've got some guys you want to be picking up. At this point, um, 
Cameron Artis Payne in Carolina, he's Jonathan Stewart's run backup. Contrary to popular belief, it's not Cam Newton as a backup running back there. Uh, he's still probably going to be the leading rusher. But still, uh, Artis Payne is a pretty good play this week. They are going to have to run the ball. Uh, the matchup is, I mean, Atlanta, they're they're going to obviously be looking at Cam Newton. He's got to do something other than just run the ball the whole time. So someone else needs to. Um, aside from that, I think you need to look at just overall some of the values if you're looking at your daily fantasy leagues, uh, particularly guys like Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who against a, a sort of porous Giants defense has the potential, especially with Adrian Peterson being a little hobbled, to really put some points up here this week. Um, if you're into stacking, Stefan Diggs and Kyle Rudolph would be great plays with him. I'm not saying both pick one or the other. I like Kyle Rudolph a little better. Stefan Diggs has been a little up and down for my taste, but uh, all three of them, the price is right. You're going to get higher value than you're going to pay for them, particularly on FanDuel. DraftKings, their, their price is a little bit higher, um, but I like the matchups there. Blake Bortles, I tell, I tell you on him every week. He's going to throw for a ton of yards this week. There are going to be touchdowns. It's going to be raining points in that Jacksonville-New Orleans game. Uh, and, again, if you like stacking, Allen Robinson, always a great play. He is going to be pricey, though. Um, there are, are other ways to go. Allen Hurd's had kind of a down week last week, but Julius Thomas is really the guy that I really like out of this. Uh, again, he's still priced lower. Again, also, um, it's not too much different from FanDuel to DraftKings, but on FanDuel you're probably going to get the most bang for your buck on uh, Julius Thomas' pricing. Kirk Cousins, again, I mean, it just we thought he was going to fall off, but he just continues to uh, keep having solid week after solid week. And we've seen the Eagles are able to give up points uh, for sure. And the run game, Matt Jones, still a little banged up. So he's going to be throwing the ball. The Eagles, the Eagles will let him complete passes. They're going to they'll give up points. So I like Kirk Cousins this week for sure. Tyrod Taylor, old T-Mobile. Yes, I'm playing him against my Cowboys. Um, and while I do like some aspects of the Cowboys' defense, they are going to give up points. And because the run game is depleted, they are not close to 100%. Tyrod Taylor is either going to be doing it on his own on the ground or he's going to be doing it through the air. If you're looking um, to spend a little bit of money, pay up for Sammy Watkins. I liked him a lot last week, too. He's getting a ton of targets. Uh, Just overall, it's a pretty good matchup. Um, And I also, normally a guy like Charles Clay, I like that would be really a reach for me this week. He's still not all the way healthy, and you have better values and um, and better matchups at tight end. But if you're really hurting for somebody and you need someone on the cheap, you want to take a risk. Charles Clay is not a terrible pick. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, without a doubt, is going to be a good play. I mean, anyone who's playing against, no offense, the Ravens defense right now, the Ravens as a whole, uh, it's just it's an easy matchup. It's an easy play. And then you look at a guy like um, Martavis Bryant is definitely going to be on the receiving end. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, if you're looking for more of a risky pick, definitely going to cost you way less than Martavis Bryant is, but it's kind of a feast or famine pick. So he's somebody you maybe want to go with uh, with a stronger lineup in a game where you're not putting a lot of money out there, or if you have uh, – a pretty well, you know, maybe use him as a flex player on your season-long team, depending how how the rest of your lineup stacking up. But 
if you're feeling a little risky this week, I don't hate Marcus Wheaton. Not at all. Um, and I, that's probably it for quarterbacks for me. I mean, there are some other good ones, but those are the best value picks for me out there. Uh, and then at wide receiver, we covered some of them. Michael Floyd is a great play this week, especially for the value. There are going to be points to go around, and uh, we saw Carson Palmer is liable to throw to anybody at any time, especially after last week. He seems to be getting along just fine with his wide receivers. Uh, I like Jarvis Landry in Miami. They're going to bounce back a little bit. He's been looking good in practice this week, um, and I just really i have liked him throughout the season. He's got some good things. He's running some great routes right now. Sammy Watkins, like I mentioned, I do really like. You're going to have to pay a little bit for him, but I think it's worth it this week. I'm on the fence a little bit about T.Y. Hilton. Again, I think this is a little bit of a riskier pick. Uh, like I talked about earlier, I'm concerned about Matt Hasselbeck being able to make those deep throws, That uh, particularly T.Y. Hilton runs those routes. Dante Moncrief's banged up, though. T.Y. Hilton is the healthiest of the bunch. Um, and I just like the potential, the ceiling that's there, that he could take a little you know, six, seven-yard out route, and he's going to turn it into a 35-yard uh, pass by the time it's all said and done. Uh, he's got great speed, and he can really make some things happen. So he's a guy I'm taking a flyer on. I'm a little bit on the fence about it, but, again, that's kind of how you got to win, though, sometimes. you got to go with your gut. you got to take those risky chances, see what happens. T.Y. Hilton's not the worst play in the world. Uh, at running back, Carlos Williams, we talked about earlier in the show. I say we, like there's more than me here, but I talked about earlier in the show. LaShawn McCoy is very banged up, partially torn, possibly torn knee ligaments is not usually a recipe for uh, great success. Carlos Williams just has a bad shoulder, so I will take a bad shoulder over a bad, not totally structurally sound knee any day. Uh, so he's going to see some in- increased time, and the price is absolutely right on him. We talked about Cameron Artis Payne. Uh, David Johnson, you're going to have to pay a little bit for him, but it's worth it. Theo Riddick, uh, it's kind of like playing a wide receiver in your running back slot. I mean, he's essentially a PPR machine, so you're going to like him more on DraftKings than FanDuel, but uh, he's going to get looks. He's going to get looks in the red zone. He's going to make some things happen. I, Amir Abdullah scares me with the amount of times he's going to put the football on the ground, but I like Theo Riddick as kind of a sleeper pick. Charkandrick West is going to have a huge game this week. I think Doug Martin's going to make some big plays for you as well. Uh, those are both big names. Even with Spencer Ware coming back, I'm not too worried about him eating so much into Charkandrick uh, uh, carries. I think there's going to be enough value there for you to play him, regardless of whether or not West is going to play a bigger role in the offense. And then tight end-wise, we talked about Kyle Rudolph. Ben Watson's going to be a huge play. I also talked about Julius Thomas. I'm really loving him. And uh, Heath Miller in Pittsburgh. The Ravens aren't going to be doing a ton of stopping uh, for most of the offense, and Big Ben loves having Heath Miller as a security blanket. So I would look to see he's going to get some targets this week. Those are the guys I'm looking at. I'd love to hear from you guys. If you have questions, feel free to hit the Sherpa and I up all week long. I know you. it's crunch time, it's the playoffs, it's Bully Championships week. Uh, and you're trying to play your daily fantasy games. So find us all over social media. You can email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the same handle, the number 4thninchesshow, and that's J-K-I-M-1-6 and fantasy underscore Sherpa if you want to find us individually. You can also find us at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and FantasyFootballSherpa.com. And, of course, we'll be back next Wednesday night with all of the news, notes, and analysis coming up for the final week of the season and getting you ready for your daily fantasy picks. Um, and we'll be back. Sherpa will be back off his bye. He'll be done his 
travels, but good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing me, like always. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.